is in. It's Hey, welcome to Cannon Fodder and all things Arsenal podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Fred. All right. Thanks for joining us. We got a lot to talk about. Um, two good wins. We'll just hit the first one really quick. The beating Benfica, advancing to the next stage of the Europa League, which is vitally important for our season, it seems like. And also, maybe a couple of our... Um, you know, misgivings we had in that game, maybe the way we let Benfica get back in seemed to kind of haunt us at the beginning of this Leicester game at the weekend, but all things said and done, we beat them 3-1, and it turned out to be a pretty good performance from the team. So we're just going to jump straight into it. Um, Fred, I know you just told me a few minutes ago, you never looked at the um, lineup for the games because yeah. it was like 4 in the morning or 4.30 in the morning West Coast time when you woke up to watch the game. So yeah, you probably had a different experience than I did seeing the lineup a little bit before the game started and seeing six changes. So yeah, basically, you probably had a little bit more, you know, yeah. zen I, about it. <laughs> I, I did. I just said it was. it's a good way to watch a game, honestly. And it was kind of funny because it was four in the morning and I was like trying to figure out who was playing, but I literally physically couldn't see. I literally just opened my eyes. Like just, re- I probably missed like seven seconds of the game um, because that's how long it took me to wake up and like shut my alarm off and open up the NBC Sports app and press play. Um, so like I literally could, it like took me like probably five minutes to figure out who was playing. So, but it was nice though. I didn't have to get all stressed out about it when I saw that that lineup was the one that came out because it was kind of a crazy one. Yeah, it was a little bit crazy and it had a lot of people, you know, up in arms because, <laughs> you know, we made six changes from the team that played uh, Benfica. Um, and there were some notice, noticeable absences in the team, which I think is really important. Um, yeah, you know, Alba didn't start, Saka didn't start, um, uh, Bellerin didn't start. Yeah. Um, party didn't start. He didn't get right. Yeah, Partey didn't start. He came in, you know, so it was, it was an interesting team and by all accounts, a lot of people saw it and thought, wow, this is a weekend side is a lot of rotation which you know a lot of those players really needed to rotate Saka for me especially even Alba you know who was so big in that Benfica game getting those two goals um you know resting him a lot of people were trying to figure out why but um you know I think he's still kind of trying to get 100% back um yeah you know Matt Sharp after being out for those couple weeks but you know putting the team news aside the way we started the game um, is following a trend in the, in the last recent um, weeks, couple months of us starting games kind of slow, not getting into the game right away. Um, you know, we saw it in the city game where they scored, you know, within the first couple minutes or it was, or, you know, the first few minutes of the game. And we, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mentality thing or whatever, but almost the exact same thing happened in this Leicester game. Um, I watched the highlights back on there of that first goal that Tielemann scored. And it's, you know, we text a little bit back and forth about it, but it just, it's a massive communication breakdown um, with the way you see our defense work in that, in that scenario. What'd you think about it? Yeah. Well, frustrating, obviously, like you already said, uh, conceding six minutes into the game. Um, I think the, the biggest 
problem with the communication was that there didn't seem to be any of it. Yeah. Um, no one was really calling out what they were doing or where they were going. Shaka and William got sort of caught on the ball, gave it away. Tielemans ran straight at goal. Um, Marty covered Vardy's run in behind. And then he just kind of jogged back, not knowing whether to press the man or try to cut off passing lanes. And it just looked like a silly, silly goal, like a really stupid goal to give away. Because it was, um, because no one really kind of stepped up and took charge of the situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was frustrating. Uh, six minutes in to go behind. And honestly, at that point, I was fearing the worst because we've, like you said, we've seen our team do this, start yeah. slow um, and give themselves a mountain to climb. And I think right after that goal too, um, Bert Leno almost gave up a goal. He like had a a ball he was trying to clear, pass out for the back or something like that, um, get ricocheted right back at him and he picked yeah. it up. And I was just like super nervous. That definitely woke me up. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, the and the the defending for that goal really made me nervous because, um, you know, I watched the the highlight back for their goal probably like twenty times before we started the podcast, and you know when Zyaka tries to play that ball, you know, right there on the sideline, he tries to play to William, you know, will you know it gets cut out, and you know Tillman Tillman's makes that just making that run. If you freeze the game, freeze it right there, the space between Louise and Mari like in the center is massive and El yeah. Nini is running in from midfield, just kind of not doing anything. But Louise is so far away from where Mari is in the run of the play. It's insane. It, he, yeah. He's miles away. So, so I, I think, I think to, I don't think that's necessarily Louise's fault. Um, and not to spend too much time on the first goal and this stuff, but um, the way I've heard it put is uh, that's kind of the, the formation we almost adopt, we got our fullbacks pushed up really, really high. Tierney, especially in this case, was pushed up very, very high. And Shaka kind of dropped back into that left back role. He should know there to just get rid of the ball. Like, if anything, clip it into Tierney or just just bomb it upfield. You know, um, the one place you can't give it away is where he gave it away. Um, because yeah, but that, the thing, the thing about that, do, you know, yeah, the thing about Louise's positioning to me is that he's Cedric is close to him. Cedric yeah. is only a couple yards away from him. There's no reason for Louise to be pushed up that far and that wide out to the right side when yeah. all of our play is on the other side. You know, even if Jaka is dropping back in that left left back spot, Cedric isn't pushed up all the way on the other side. He's already back. El Nini's, you know, nominally in the center area, but he's too far away from both of them. He hasn't tracked back all the way. And when, and I don't think it's a hundred percent Louise's fault. You yeah. know, but the reality is. When Tielemans is running down that right side, Mari has this dilemma where he's he's seeing Vardy come in behind him and he's seeing, you know, Louise's miles away, Elneny's miles away, and he's thinking, okay, well, if I press Tielemans too soon, then he pops into Vardy, no one's around him. You know, it's it's Elneny should have ran a diagonal run to cut Tielemans off. Yeah. But I guess the only reason I'm going on about it is it really worried me with our distancing and our defensive line because I thought, wow, this is going to be a long a uh, long afternoon and it turned out to not be because not <laughs> you know for whatever reason as soon as we scored that goal it shocked us and i thought we played really really well for the majority of uh the game except for maybe the last couple minutes where they had a, a you know a couple kind of last ditch desperate efforts to you know kind of make the score line a little bit more respectable for them but you know, I wouldn't call it a dominant display because of how we conceded early, but it was a very assured win over a team that, you know, is good. They're in form. It's been difficult. So moving on straight to the second goal, um, 
you know, we'd had a lot of play in and around their box. We had that, uh, um, you know, Nicholas Pepe was just absolutely terrorizing them down that right side. He was so effective. Um, and you know, a few minutes before we did score the first, you know, to go to, to equalize, he had that foul right outside the box that we thought was that we were going to get a penalty with. Um, and then, you know, for that goal again, Pepe going down that right-hand side, getting released and just absolutely, you know, terrorizing their left back. He, he just he had to foul him. He couldn't do anything else. He was just destroying him. Yeah. Um, and from that free kick, William puts in a hell of a ball. And Louise's header for that goal is really good. It is very, very good. Like in real time, I didn't realize how good it was. I watched the highlights back. I was like, damn, that's a good header. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. I think it was really brave. I think um, Andrew pointed this out on the Arscast. Um, it was a really brave header too because I think it was Ndidi who kind of had his foot flying in. So he kind of had to duck his head down a little bit, um, get in some traffic, get into a slightly dangerous situation. But yeah, no, brave header, good header, um, right into the corner, a little Brazilian connection, a goal made in uh, yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and then from that goal, I feel like it gave us a lot of oomph you know, we started playing with yeah. a little bit more, you know, kind of behind us. Um, and then again, it's Pepe who, who's shot from outside the box. Um, you know, who hits the hands of a, was it Ndidi? Yeah, it was Ndidi again. Yeah. yeah. You know, which gives us the penalty and, and uh, Lacazette smashed it in, dude. Yeah. I mean, it was, I the only thing annoying about this goal was that whatever freaking reason it was such an obvious penalty his arms were in the most unnatural position ever yeah. and the referee still went and looked at the monitor like they don't go and look at the monitor for way less contentious well, to, yeah know. i think they were i think the way they the way i saw it put was they were trying to see if it was like outside the box like the first one you know it was right on the line so technically yeah, it's in the box i guess they were trying to to figure it out but it was a great penalty the best part about that to me is as soon as he scores it, Casper uh, Schmeichel gets up and he's like super pissed and he kicks the ball like at Lacazette. Did you see that? It, it was close to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like it literally, it looks like he was trying to hit, like kick it at him. It, it, Schmeichel was just a little bitch the whole game anyway. Like he, like yeah. that, that one little incident right towards the end where he thought it should have been a goal kick and it was a corner and he just like slapped the ball and like pouted and like stomped back. I was like, this guy's a chump, dude. He's a chump. He does stuff like that. He's he's kind of a sore loser. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of nice when you get the better of him because he's kind of a douche, <laughs> honestly, just frankly put. So yeah, um, but dude, I, it was it I, felt good being two one up. Yeah, after that start, I wasn't sure we'd recover it. Yeah, to recover it pretty quickly going into halftime with the lead, and you know, like we've kind of alluded to, it was a lead that. Didn't flatter us, but that's kind of been story over the last few weeks. We've had some good results, but also some pretty bad ones. And it's been a case of playing well and having a good performance, a decent performance, but not capitalizing and being ruthless. But this time, even though we still made a mistake and that's still a part of our game that needs to be ironed out, um, we came back and and fought back like we did midweek against Benfica um, and went into the halftime with the lead. So it was good to see the players um, not phased at all and just kept working hard, yeah. kept their down did their jobs and yeah, gave us that lead going into halftime. Yeah. And so then coming straight out the half. Oh, and before, um, you know, getting to halftime, Emil Smith Rowe did come off injured right after we scored that penalty, um, yeah, like in the 40th point. minute or something like that. And Odegaard came on, which is a little bit of a worry for me. Cause we know, um, you know, he's had those kind of muscle injuries and different things. And, 
you know, he's still really young. His body's adjusting. Um, it's incredible, un- incredible to me how durable Osaka has been. So, yeah. um, you know, Odegaard coming on in those kind of circumstances, it worries you a little bit. You're thinking, okay, like, is he going to get into the rhythm of the game? Obviously he's a, a brilliant player and he played really well, played really well. Yeah, and definitely. going straight into the second half, um, being able to score so early in the second half and just take all the sting and the momentum out of what Leicester were doing was so important. I feel like, yeah. Um, and again, it's you know, Lacazette does really well, and um, kind of in our defensive third to get the ball, retain possession. It gets popped out to Pepe, who makes a brilliant run. You know, out to end what he's so good at. You know coming from the outside cutting in yep plays it over to to odegaard and i texted you this during the game the 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 touches that odegaard takes are just so beautiful it's such quick thinking yeah just two little straight to william it's unfortunate to me that that little pass that william has doesn't count as an assist because he he megs telemans which i I don't know what it is. I think it's his face, it's his, his face. overall demeanor. Yeah. Everything about him essentially is he's just just one of those players who's just you don't want to look at him. He's just Dude, fucking annoying. He is next only to Jesse Lingard and having one of the most punch <laughs> and he he whines a lot. Like he whines yeah, to the referee he's so super much. Whiny. His lipstick. I look like he'll be making out with a vacuum cleaner hose. Like just an annoying looking person. Um, and he scored their goal and it was annoying to see him celebrate. Um, so it was nice to see him get done for that third goal. Yeah. And it was, you know, and Pepe continues his run, you know, into that central area where we've seen him score a lot of goals this season. He's dangerous when he runs in there. Yeah. Easiest tap in he's probably ever going to get, but dude, it just filled us with so much confidence. And I feel for the rest of that second half, we just didn't let him get back into it. You know, Xhaka was defending well. He was controlling the midfield well. Yeah. Um, You know, Partey came on around the 60-something minute, and, you know, he didn't have a whole lot to do, but it was just assured. You know, we felt like we tied it down. You know, our subs were good. It was a good win. People have, almost in hindsight, made a, a lot of the fact that Leicester had a good handful of injuries going into this game. Arsenal maybe didn't have the same amount of injuries, but definitely had a lot of fatigue and definitely rested arguably their best players. Definitely their best player, but their best players, you know, it was a heavily rotated squad. So to yeah. be in place third um, in the table, you know, we'll kind of see, it'll be interesting to see if Leicester kind of fall apart because they kind of fell apart last season at a similar stage because they've got a yeah, really they did. good first 11, but a, a smaller budget than the bigger clubs and a smaller squad crucially. And so we'll see if they kind of come. I'm interested to see if they come through these injuries and, and maybe retain. Yeah, I, yeah. for the season. We'll I see. feel like that, that Harvey Barnes injury is going to be, well, did you be hear a tough one for them? Not as bad as they thought. They thought it oh, was. Oh yeah, I didn't know. Um, and it was actually, like, he chipped yeah. a bone in his knee, like just chipped it. He didn't break it, he didn't fracture it. Like he just chipped a little piece off, but it was like, he's felt like a pop type thing in his knee. So they assumed it was his ACL. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, I read a little article about that. Which obviously, you know, I don't want to wish any ill on, you know, any, any players, even though, you know, when they're opposition on the, the day of the game, we hate them. But <laughs> yeah. when he went down, I, it, it, for some reason, it reminded me of when, uh, Hector did his hamstring. And I was just like, ooh, ACL. like, yeah, you know, or yeah, 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 when he's ACL, it just looked like one of those things where I was like, ah, oh, that's no good. And they stretched yeah. him off. I was like, damn. Um, those substitutions helped. Uh, it was nice to see Party get some minutes under the belt. Yeah, it was. Um, 
Uh, it was nice to see Albamian come on. I, I saw a few complaints about Martinelli not coming on instead to get those last 10 minutes or so. I kind of understand where Arteta's coming from. Um, you know, Albamian has scored a few crucial goals lately, and I think Albamian is a confidence player. We've seen that this season as his confidence has been low for the vast majority of it. But if he can really get Albamian ticking again for this season, for the rest of it, you know, as it's slowly winding down, um, you know, hopefully we can do something in the Europa League and maybe finish a little bit higher in the league. So yeah. um, I understood the substitutions and we saw it out next to a, a, a kind of late flurry from Leicester, but all in all, it was a good win, um, job yeah. done. And not a win, I honestly, away at Leicester, not a win I expected to get when I looked at this fixture a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, seriously, I thought it was going to be a really tough game. And, you know, even though we we competed really well and we kind of took the sting out of their attack, um, you know, it that doesn't necessarily mean it was an easy game. We worked hard and we deserved the win. And hopefully, um, you know, I, I thought we played really well against Man City as well. So, yeah. it, you know, hopefully it kind of gives us some momentum going into this other tough run of fixtures we got. Speaking of tough fixtures, actually just texted you, but ignore it. Um, I think that kind of leads us nicely on. We can probably wrap the God game damn up. Damn it, there. Fred. If you ever send me a dick pic again, I'm going to freaking... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm going to post it on Twitter. I'm going to get you canceled. Um, no, I, I was going to say, it's a good place to transition into our newer segment. Um, but just three key points from the game um, that we wanted to touch on. Uh, yeah, so the tough schedule ahead. Um, you know, we've got a week off, luckily, after this game, which is really, really nice that we have a Premier League game um, this coming Saturday before we're back in Europe against Olympiacos in the round of 16. Um, okay. Back to Greece. Back to Greece for us. Got a little bit of revenge. I really wanted to fucking destroy them. It's a pretty decent draw, I'd say, overall. For Arsenal, um, considering a lot of the big teams that are still left, it's a pretty deep, deep draw this, this go around. Um, but you know, we've got we're back in Europe, and we also have the North London Derby coming up. Not next, but um, the game after that. I think it's like March thirteenth or fourteenth. Um, so some really big games um, to look forward to. So, with that said, um, first question, first point: How big do you think it is that Arteta was able to rotate so successfully in this game? For him as a manager, for him whose you know decisions, especially with substitutions and lineups, have been kind of questioned over his Arsenal tenure, how important is, is it for him to have made six changes, brought in some players like William that are very much so maligned by the fans, um, but he got a tune out of them today. How important is it for him and how important, important is it for the squad in general that the likes of you know Saka and Aubameyang, um, Bellerin to a slightly lesser extent, and Party you know, got rested? I mean, I think it's massive. Yeah. Um, for for everything, you know, yeah. even for the fans, you know, it gives us a lot of confidence to be like, okay, whatever they're doing over there is working, um, because you know the the players that he brought in, you know, didn't instill a lot of people with the confidence over the course of this whole season. You know, some of them are just, you know, players you know exactly what you're going to get with, like El Nini, um, or even Louise or. You know, you know what you're going to get with those players. Um, there's not a whole lot they're going to do that's going to surprise you. Um, yeah. You know, 
But yeah, I mean, the fact that we're getting into the business end of the season where every point we pick up really, really matters, you know, how well we perform in Europe really has a huge uh, impact on our club. That's exactly what you want to see. You want to see being able to rotate in a very important game and to be able to come out with a win like that so that your biggest players get that rest you need in this, in the, a shortened, you know, kind of condensed season, you know, where a lot of teams are struggling with fatigue. A lot of teams are struggling with injuries, you know, yeah, it's super important. You know, it's, I think it's really important for Arteta too, to have like a tangible, um, you know, thing to point at and say, look, yeah, you know, I told you this, this, and this, you know, it's like, you know, I think he was asked about it, you know, in, in the, in the post uh, match press conference. And he kind of was like, look, I've seen what these players are doing week in and week out. You know, you look at it a certain way as me kind of putting in this thing, but I knew that these players who came in deserved to play because they performed in training. I knew they were ready, you know, which is good. You know, I mean, I feel like that's something he has to say, but for the manager to have that much confidence in them, you know, it's just good all around. We have a lot of games left to play. We got a lot of players who are going to need rest too. So it's just good. Yeah, it's good all around. Um, I think another interesting point to answer the part of that question that was kind of like, how big is this win for Arteta in general? Not only proving potentially, you know, some of his doubters wrong, at least for now, about the fact that, hey, I can rotate and I st- I can still get a tune out of players like Pepe and players like El Nini even, you know, who a lot of players, people maybe want gone from the club, but who, you know, I think we've mentioned on this pod, we kind of think he's a, he's a very usable squad player, very handy squad player to have around. Not that he can't be upgraded on, um, but I think another big sort of demon that we not necessarily put to bed, but proved wrong on the day at least, is that we haven't come from behind and won a lot of games. Usually when we make that mistake and we go a goal down, we don't come back from it, whether it's early or later in the game. Um, but I think earlier in the week against Benfica and then again on the weekend against Leicester, we came from behind in two really crucial games, two really important games against two pretty good teams, Leicester more so. Um, I think that was also just massive for him, um, you know, and it just I hope and everybody hopes, obviously, that it just kind of builds momentum, getting a couple wins back to back, but just, you know, creates good vibes and a good team spirit in the camp amongst the players um, that, you know, even if we're down, we can fight back. Just keep doing what the manager says. Keep doing your jobs and and uh, and play hard and work hard defensively. We saw players doing that today that have never really done it, um, which is crazy to see. So that kind of brings me on to the next point. And that is how good was William? Yeah, I don't know. My, I, I'm not. I do think he played really well against Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his passing stats were way up. Yeah. Um, you know, his final third entries. You know, the all of his stats from the game are great. Everything he did, you know, for the most part, was really impressive. Um, but for me, it's just one game out of a pile of terribleness all like season horrible games yeah <laughs> so i you know i'm reticent to say like oh wow you know like he's finally getting a tune out of william you know like the reality is he's a professional footballer there's a lot of players who aren't that great who pop up and have brilliant games joe allen comes to mind all yeah. those fucking crazy shit he did against arsenal he was okay you know he, yeah. he's not a great player you know yeah um yeah but i don't know he played great and that's awesome you know but he needs if he, if he, he needs plays play. that well yeah you know the majority of the season then it 
that's exactly what we need. You know, we need him to do that. Because Chelsea wanted to keep the player. They just didn't want to sign him for three years because he's in his 30s already. Um, They only wanted to sign him for two, but they did want to keep him for those two years. Um, So it's just, it's massive for the club and for Arteta, a player who vouches for him constantly. And I think who, who kind of pushed for that transfer. It's just massive that he had a good game and hopefully he can keep it up. And I think it's important to um, note, kind of like you said, you know, like Arteta said, he saw something from the, that these players that he rotated in in training, he specifically called out Williams that he's been very good in training and that he's rebuilding himself. I thought that yeah. was a really interesting turn of phrase that it's just, it's no secret anymore that he's had a really tough time with the move to Arsenal um, and just joining a rival club and whatever else, you know, it's, it's a weird time in the world. I think maybe people should have cut a little bit of slack on some of these players, you know, um, just in general, um, a lot of outside things can kind of, affect your work life I feel like for sure performance so um it's I I just think that if you're an Arsenal fan you should want William to do well even if he's been a meme type player in the past and it's just been pathetic and horrible how how bad he's been for us um it it's important that he plays well for us and I want to see him like I want he's going to score a goal for us eventually and I can't wait for it I hope he scores soon I hope he scores next game you know so I think it's just massive for him for Arteta um and yeah, it just was another important aspect on a really complete performance and a good day. Um, and this next point, we don't have to spend nearly as long on, but give me your quick take before we wrap this podcast up on how good of a game Nicholas Pepe had. Voted man of the match. He is a player that has kind of been put on the back burner slightly and through no fault of his own, he's had a, a good, good resurgence in the, the latter half of this season. Um, and played well, but kind of got dropped and didn't play the past three or four games, but comes back in, puts in a manage the ma- man of the match performance, gets a goal, kind of sort of creates the second goal um, with that pen- penalty he drew. And he was just a menace throughout and had some pretty, pretty disgusting dribbling highlights, especially late on in that game. Um, quick word on Pepe, though. Dude, he... I think the last two months, he's been impressive. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like the way he ended last season was very encouraging for me. And to kind of see our massive crummy slump, um, you know, for the first part of this season, you know, that kind of fall period, you know, there's so much got put on him with some of his performances. And I feel like he took a big step backwards, but in the last couple of months, he's been so good. He's been so consistent. He's been a threat. He's been doing everything we want him to do. And his stats for this game are really good. Yeah, they are. You know, he had the most touches in the opponent box. He had the um, most final third touches. He had tons of progressive, uh, you know, dribbles and carries. He got fouled like a mother effort because of how dangerous he was. Yeah. Um, You know, he, you know, for shot creation, tackles one interceptions he got stats for everything because he was all over the place working his ass off and actually right before the final whistle when we're trying to clear out for that corner um i don't remember exactly who it is is one of our defenders kind of makes a bad header and he's right there at the top of the box you know inside our box defending the corner chests the ball like turns a man in our box and just clears it yeah yeah like what you're talking about you know he was so dangerous the way he was able to be an outlet like that on the right side. You know, it was really impressive from him. And hopefully, you know, God willing, 
we can give Saka some more rest and play Pepe on that side a lot more or on the left side, you know? It yeah. does raise a lot of questions for me. Like we talked about, you know, Martinelli earlier, you know, you want to give him game time. I understand Martinelli not being in. I, I, I preferably for me, Martinelli wouldn't play the rest of the season, not because I don't love him and I want him to play, but I want his knee to be like a thousand percent ready to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want him to get that time to just work super hard in the training ground and to feel confident in his body and start next season, like rearing, you know? So Pepe like kicking ass right now is incredible. I love it. Yeah. It's only good for the club. It's only good for competition for places. Uh, Cause you know, going forward, I think, and this is where we can kind of wrap up. I think our squad is going to go through a lot more churn in the summer. Um, and you know, Arsenal invested a lot of money and a long con- five year contract into him. Um, so him giving the manager a headache, a selection headache, especially going into a summer where there's going to be player churn. And I think specifically in attack, we're going to see potentially, you know, the likes of Inkedia and Lacazette both leave the club. Um, and Aubameyang, instead of ever playing again on the left, I feel like it's going to be our center forward going forward. You know, after this season, him and Martinelli are probably going to share those minutes. Um, that left wing's wide open. Left wing or right wing, honestly. It's important that he's, like you said, that he's played well at both both sides because Saka can play well on both sides as well. Um, as we've seen. So yeah. it was just a, it was a good day. It was a really good day. It was so, I can't tell you how happy I was that I woke up at four in the morning and I wasn't disappointed. You know, the other two um, times I've had to wake up that early was yeah. Aston Villa. And that was horrible. That game sucked. Uh, and Sheffield United. I don't know if you remember that game earlier in the season where we mm-hmm. actually had a really good second half. We won two, one and Pepe scored that good goal. Um, and I want to say Saka scored a header. Um, earlier on but uh but either way it was good to be rewarded <laughs> for waking up that early and yeah set the tone for a good rest of the day um so long may it continue two wins on the bounce and that's massive and i think our next game is saturday at 4 30 in the morning my time um Damn. so yeah gotta Damn. do it again but unless you got anything to add dog i said we wrap it up there and and we uh we talk to these lovely people again next week that's it for me bye-bye bitches later guys